Welcome back to the Michael Anthony Show. And for me, the greatest around. I don't listen to others. Don't have any interest in them. Didn't get in to the game of speaking into a microphone inspired by anyone in particular. It was just a joke that got out of hand. But I think if you look at the guest lineup, it's hard to argue that it is probably um, the best show in the world. And I think it threatens other people who are in the game of broadcasting. Um, because if I was them and I heard the MA show, I'd, I'd quit. But maybe that's because I'm an insecure guy and that's maybe why I avoid listening to other shows. Or is it because I wouldn't want to be at all creatively influenced by guys asking people what the best session they were ever on is? Or fake laughing about how busy Dundrum Shopping Centre is at Christmas? Um, yeah, there's a lot of people out there I, do, I just don't like um, because human beings are living for a reason that they refuse to acknowledge and that is a want to live forever the only thing we all have in common is that we're going to die you come out of a fanny the first thing you sign when you're handed the contract of life is that this ends and you've no right to argue it or have any problem with that because without the end there cannot be the star so then we live a life that involves a series of made up things um, the economy education language, names, love just about everything is made up because they're all different forms of us running away from the fact that we are going to brown and nothing matters and the money you made goes nowhere the thoughts you had um, stop the heart that pumped blood around your body no longer does that and the fingers that you either use to sexually assault people or pull sexually assaulting hands off your ass before slapping them in the face could now be held up by strangers and forced into a Nazi salute whilst they all rub um, poo on you because you don't own the body anymore. Death does. So what we do is we spend our entire time on the globe trying to outrun that and prove that we are immortal. So we chase that in a variety of ways. Some people chase notoriety through expression via music and think that fame and their face being graffitied on every uh, alternative wall that's ever existed in fucking Hackney, Dalston, South Congress, or fucking by the Bernard Shaw will mean that they do not die. Some people think by developing philosophies that result in war, in which other people die and kill each other for them to be right, will make them immortal. And some people think that playing it safe and working in an office job and impregnating some boring, boring woman uh, with your boring, boring sperm and being 
authoritarian towards your children and telling them what to do and telling them that they can't have sweets in the shop um, and raising them to be like you and to get married and pump out babies that you can call your grandchildren even though it's not about actually hugging them or kissing them on the forehead or the fact that they cut you granny and um, because when you're called for the fourth time and asked to mind them you're pressing decline what it's about is you look at them and they represent life after you're gone immortality some people even see great grandchildren immortality that's all we're looking for. It causes every single problem. It causes all conflict. And death is also very interesting because it doesn't tell you when it's happening. And some of us view that as a curse or something that's wrong that we don't appreciate. But what would we do without it? Anybody listening to this, if you could get your death date, regardless of what it was, you'd throw the towel in. You'd turn around to that ugly fucker beside you. You'd go into your boss, who you can't fucking stand because you think you know more than them. And you'd uh, tell them to fuck off. You'd look at your children, and you'd go, you know, I'll give you a dig out. I'll feed you. I'll help you walk. But stop asking me fucking questions about the world. and Figure it out yourself, you needy little cunt. And you'd look at your parent or grandparent, hooked up to a drip in a hospital. And you wouldn't sit there singing a bridge over troubled water. You'd bounce to the boozer or the brothel or to the lake to fish or to just about anywhere that makes you fucking happy. That's what would happen if we had that date. So just think about it. Let's say you got the date now and it says five years. What are you doing? You're, you're living your life as usual, eh? And what if it said it's in 2090? You'd go, now that I know that, um, I can kind of take risks and not really give a fuck what you think or what I'm supposed to store or how I am supposed to um, maneuver this existence. And the concept of selflessness would also lose all meaning. Um, if you were given your debt date, you would no longer believe um, there is merit to doing things for other people. And selflessness that is forced upon us by society is actually what breeds selfishness. It's this art of being the martyr. Bites the tongue to keep peace in the house. Um, that actually is what creates conflict because our false selflessness just makes us internally angry. And that's why we live in a world that has a divorce rate of over half and that constantly needs a war. So... The problem with human beings is that we have to see people live their lives and act in a certain way that they're only doing because they're chasing a legacy, because they're running away from their death, who will not recognize that externally or internally, and therefore, for some reason, take life seriously. Sand of despair, the smell of dread in the air. I'm head to toe in my own fear. I'm going to die and I need to cry. Ah. 
so when you take life seriously, the opinions that other people have of you, or other people's takes on your existence, that will end and happen for no reason, against all odds, on a ball, that has no meaning or purpose, floating in space. Um, when you take that seriously, you develop insecurities. You don't feel secure within yourself um, that grew in a womb and will either get cremated or buried on its own. Something that, Jesus, you don't own. The ideas of those who have gone before you uh, own you really, but you are definitely the most important tenant of the body that no one will ever impact. You shit on your own, you shower on your own, you sleep on your own, you cry on your own. So no one else does matter. But we have to pretend that they do because we are attempting to be immortal whilst pretending it's in the name of living as if we know what that means. We have white graves all over America, the most important country in the world, of 19-year-olds who died in the name of our freedom. Why did they really die? Because some gee bags from years ago had ideas about how we should live, and it was opposed by some other gee bags. People like Karl Marx, who challenged the economy and didn't believe that each man should have an individual job, and he should fish one day and be a butcher the next. Going against... Smith's economics of to function as a world, each man has one individual job. We need someone to lay the fucking brickwork. Then we need someone to provide the fucking ladder, and that's how we generate a functioning society. But why do we need that society? Because God exists, and that's why we're here. Something we no longer believe, but we've all become so self-obsessed via social media that we don't even have time to question. Okay, wait a second. <coughs> My granny stuck around. Because she thought she was going to heaven. My granddad stuck around because she thought she was going to heaven. So he could kind of ride everything around him while she was praying to Jesus on the wall, thinking that adultery didn't exist. But part of that old dog also thought, you know what, I'll say sorry to fucking Jesus and Mary on the deathbed. But now that that's gone... Why are we following any rules? Now, I'm not saying let's go mental, walk around naked. You just get arrested. The world's too complicated. We've been doing this shit for too long. That just results in being either arrested or put to a psychiatric unit. Again, psychiatry, one of the great traps. It joins the guards and religion and one of the, uh, the things that normalizes the abnormal and makes anyone who is remotely normal seem insane. So we numb them with psychiatric drugs that do not lower the suicide rate, that we give out more and more of as the years go on. Um, there's probably people who are listening to this show who are on psychiatric medication. Get off it. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't improve you. It lifts my mood. So fucking what? So does gargle. What's the difference? It numbs your emotion. Long term, it does not make you healthier if you have a problem. Mentally, spiritually. Only your own fucking brain will sort that out for you. And maybe leaning on the minds of others and talking to people without sounding like one of those podcast cunts who says it's okay to talk. By the way, anyone who comes out in a serious way about their anxiety or mental health issues, not in a, not in a way that has a bit of power to it, in which you're kind of going, at least they've been raw, they're describing it. Anyone who's on Instagram saying they have anxiety um, or depression or don't feel like themselves, prove it. <coughs> 
and again, I've no problem with people who provide accurate detail and let us into their trauma, but the club promoter who drove his car that cost more than any of the teachers into a school with tips in his hair to go shoddy, it's your birthday, and then use social media to associate themselves with a or list um, celebrities who then kind of ran out of steam and realized, okay, this only kind of lasts till 23. Um, but that relevance was kind of addictive. What will I do now? And they come out with a story about how they've always had um, strange thoughts and don't feel like themselves and they were picked on and bullied. Maybe you were picked on and bullied because you were an absolute cunt who was um, showing us daddy's latest purchase on a daily basis in fucking school whilst your teacher was cycling home. Um, maybe we should take the fuckers who've already murdered off electric chairs um, because I, I, I believe just putting a cunt in the electric chair is enough. Just lie to him. Then pull down the thing and it doesn't go off. He, w- he won't recommit. He'll remember the fucking feeling of they, they nearly killed me. Fuck off, lads. No, I'm not going to the boozer. I'm not doing it. Put those fuckers in it. Because people will say they're entitled to their interpretation of their own mind or they're still raising awareness. They're not. They're giving a false message of what mental health problems really mean to the youth. And they're popularizing notions such as depression and anxiety and spreading misinformation about a vital topic that certain 14-year-olds who take their little pink and orange Instagram app seriously might believe. And unlike said influencer, who doesn't like people who they think they're better than um, for not coming from excessive wealth, pointing out that they're a cunt, might actually take a rope to a tree. A lot of these people who take a picture of their ass, tits, pecs, and six-pack, who have overcome their severe anxiety, or were sexually assaulted um, when they were six by someone who is now dead, who cannot defend themselves, but happened to not have any kids or a family to refute such claims. Half these cunts around the red carpet on the Friday night and the fucking post was up on the Tuesday. But they're just one sect of society who refuse to acknowledge that we're all living. We're all living a race away from our destiny into the deck. So that breeds insincerity, a lack of authenticity, hate, and a loveless, soulless community of liars in which many great people feel lost in and lose belief in themselves because the power of bullshit is so great that in many times, something that we've seen in recent years with the rise of group thought that doesn't allow people to work in our economy, again, invented in a manner that breeds illusionary living. Um, people who point out that they believe a cock and bollocks means you're a man, and regular periods and the ability to um, carry a child in your stomach means you're a woman. Um, they can't get jobs for um, just just saying what they see. You have to say shit you don't see. That you're told by the people responsible 
for the distribution of wealth via employment, a man-made concept based on the ideas of the most skilled manipulators who want to create legacies for themselves, like every single politician. He doesn't give a shit who he's robbing, doesn't give a shit about the single mother, doesn't give a shit about the cunt in a sleeping bag on the deck. He gives a shit about the portrait. He will get of himself in his country home and his grandson's ability to find himself quite high up in a startup, even though he went to the same college as the kid who brought in fruit winders every single lunch break at school. It's all bullshit, folks. And it's bad for you. And again, if some people are thinking, why is he banging on about death? No one wants to hear about it. Because if you're refusing to look death in the eye and say, I love you, you are what provides meaning. You're not to be feared. And death becomes your mate. How could you care about anything negative? How could you give time to any feud or fallout? You couldn't. You could not care. So, the things we all do to not fear death are a short-term solution, just like eating the fucking donut is. But it causes long-term pain. Have a look at my love handles if you want to see what that looks like. It causes us to store hatred, take things seriously, and play a role in a game that involves Matt Hancock pretending to care about people. And a few years later, saying he likes Ed Sheeran in a jungle, then Ant and Dick occasionally enter and make you a kangaroo dick. It makes you give a shit that your sister pulled the wool over your eyes regarding your parents' will. And although you were put out of pocket, is it worth the bad mood you're going to be in for 15 years? Is it worth your marriage getting worse? Whatever relationship with that kind of bald guy who pulled your hair back when you puked in that nightclub all those years ago and you thought, you know what, I wouldn't mind leaning on his shoulder but now you're just a stressed out fucker ranting about your sister robbing the whale and what's the point in living because you're dying anyway and so is she and who fucking cares? We're still eating. Inheritance fallouts, yeah, I get you. If you're both fucking lady and the tramping it out in the street. Most people who are falling out about whales already have around four assets each. It's a pride thing because they've no meaning so they have to attach pride and purpose to materialism in order to run away from the fact that they're fucking pointless but if you can embrace the pointless aspect of this bastard you might just fucking realise it has a point the point is that it has no point knock on wood if you're with me but please leave your brochure at home your brochure that tells you how to live and what's okay And what isn't? Just calm down. And get your dick out. In the first 30 seconds. That's the sign, by the way, of comfortability. How often are you getting your dick out? To those who you love.
show it all, hide nothing. Because you don't own it. Accident owns it. Biological swapping owns it. You're a tenant. We own nothing. But Jesus Christ, if you're going to use your illusion of ownership over humanity in any way, make sure it's used to chase a freedom of the mind that results in a balance of emotion that is underpinned by the knowledge that there's nothing to care about. And then suddenly, the things you really want um, end up happening. Your hair will go grey slower. You will attract the type of individuals into your existence you want. And you will not give a shit about things you used to give a shit about. Because giving a shit is your biggest enemy. There is no other enemy. We wait for ourselves in caves. If you hate life, fight the mirror. I think I need to move city. We all know that the MA show is based in London, England. But although a lot of them are based here and live here, it's not worth it because London is a town of soullessness that takes itself extremely seriously. And I think is a place that I now have to accept isn't inhabited by the type of individuals who are conducive to my positive uh, life experience. There's banter and fun and dubious activity in toilets and long cream trench coats that every single fucking person owns and women who love their Doc Martens and circular sunglasses, gold-rimmed. And they love pan-frying salmon, and they love their asparagus so fucking long that they're essentially trees, and Jesus Christ, are these people into trees. Every single fucking apartment over here full of plants, just leave it out. And birthday parties. Everyone here is a birthday party that strangers attend. As if they're in an episode of fucking Friends. You're not. You're a graphic designer. In London. Waiting for some other prick. To shoot his seed up you. <laughs> and you fire out. Some other pointless, serious plant collector. Who will overrate you because you have so many Polaroids. Of your youth. This is what my mum used to look like. My mum and dad cool. They might look. Like Alexa Chung and Alex Turner mid naughties, But let me tell you a little story about mum and dad. Mum was fucking decked out in the Xanax. And dad was lent over the toilet. And every single boozer in East London. Every single fucking weekend. To get a confidence boost from the fucking cocaine. Dealt with last week. And before he met mum. Who by the way is settling. Because um, she realized that although the type of guy he is completely made her sick when she was 20, um, council tax isn't going to pay himself. And although he's a prick, his dad had us out to his country house last weekend. And your dad wasn't a QPR fan. 
he liked fantasy football. And he liked accumulators. And their relationship wasn't real. And the Polaroid you're now seeing isn't just found in an attic. It was on a catalogue that also included your mother's gash with your father standing over her possessively on a beach. And that let everyone know that their life was brilliant, even though it was fucking terrible. That's why you have those little feelings that are making you now use the judgment of others to pretend that there's not a fucking hole in your heart. And that will make you do the exact same thing. The entire continuation of your DNA will do nothing for anybody. Um, Future child. You've had an Instagram since one. You don't exist. Because your parents didn't exist. Because their parents didn't exist. Because no one's ever existed. Shut the fuck up. It's all a bit of fun. And enjoy it. And, And I'm a city guy. I'm from Dublin, Ireland. A place that isn't liked by the rest of the country. Due to the fact that there's a smell of Brits off the kip. And the architecture, in many cases, was built by the hand of Britain. And I've no problem with that. And I'm not for this whole blame the English thing. I think that's pathetic. I hate Irish people who dislike England. That's only a skit, really. If I'm rooting against the English football team, it's just dependent on how many Manchester United players are in said team at the time and and whether or not England winning benefits United. So I know if England won the Euros in 2021, Harry Maguire would still be in the starting lineup. So that's why I was hiding behind the couch during the penalty shootout, but there's been English sports teams before that I've nothing but respect for when fucking Neil Back, Richard Hill and Lawrence Delalio and those bastards were playing for that rugby team that couldn't lose. And that OCD riddled out half. Fucking Wilkinson couldn't miss a kick. Fucking great crack. And they got the fucking um, Nordner in. Robinson with the quick feet to finish off the fucking jigsaw. What a team. Ben Cohen being a gay icon. And by the way, his fucking uncle Started for England in the World Cup final in 1966. Fucking Danny Grucock and Martin Johnson. What a leader. Wasn't a big Clive Woodward guy and the time he went to Southampton was just the... That was a bigger deal than COVID for me. Him and Harry Redknapp's conversations. It's like this pure, aristocratic, knighted rugby guy talking to Harry Redknapp who could sell you fucking sea bass out of the boot of his fucking car. That's just fascinating. There should be a documentary on it tomorrow. It's not an anti-English thing, but there's a sense here that they've never really been on the oppressed side Of the coin. And that's not to say they weren't fucking blitzed to shit. And their ancestors weren't hiding in underground stations. We all know that. And they've gone to war and they fought for for what they have. But there is a sense that... That pain that creates creativity. And that mutual sense of 
are we good enough and then realising through sheer community that of course we are, we're equal to anybody that makes a fucking place great, it's lacking here. And that's why although there's many works that have come out of London that I admire, it's also a graveyard for many creative projects. How many fucking great northern bands have recorded album one and then done the big London move? We never fucking heard them play a note again. I wouldn't say it's overly multicultural because unlike many great places that are subject to different cultures, everybody knows their kind of role in London. The browns are with the browns, the blacks are with the blacks, the whites are with the whites. And yes, you have the uh, fucking mandum whose parents fucking infiltrated richer white communities years ago, so he floats around with the boys and fucking, you know, it's... They haven't mixed to the extent that there's an unpredictability to what's happening when you fucking put the coin in the pool table in a fucking establishment. You know what you're getting. You can make a read on a Londoner instantly. Real multicultural towns don't possess that. And at the end of the whoring day, they can self-deprecate about the royal family all they want, but I was here when the Queen died, and I was immensely let down by the reaction of the general public in the city. And even people who you can tell didn't take it seriously their whole life, that when push came to shove, they were saying that it's a... She's always been around. Shut up. They're not laughing at it as much as you'd think. And being here has also made me realise that I'm very happy that Eric Cantona strutting around a pitch with a pop collar attracted me as an Irishman to support Manchester United as well as the Irish lineage that the club boasts. And many old people say you're a paddy. Go and watch uh, go and watch Rovers. I like the ball being fully inflated when I'm watching football, it's just me. But as a potato muncher I am thankful that the club I fell in love with had fans that were from Manchester and not London not just because you have the humorous excess when you're a fresh faced teenager to grown men um, singing in a comedic accent God, I love to spin in the sky. Swing, go, go, and I die. When I die, I'm the lady tennis. I'm going to go the piss with Georgie Best. And I said, He's the leader of our football team. He's the greatest center forward that the world has ever seen. Not only am I glad I got to witness that, but at least the adopted sporting city of myself had a soul. And it is for that reason that there's a European Cup in Birmingham, two in Nottingham, Six in Liverpool and three in Manchester. 
whilst only two reside in London, the capital of England, even though they have an excessive number of teams. And those two have an asterisk beside them because they were bought. And although I do comment on the soul of Manchester United, there is no doubt that you would be justified and been cynical about the continued existence of that and the romance. And even tonight when we essentially confirmed that we're the famous Man United and we're going to Wembley, seeing the Nottingham Forest player think that he equalised in the biggest game of his career against England's biggest club and for him not to be so overcome with adrenaline that he was fucking kicking billboards and taking off his jersey. Instead, he was so motivated by Instagram culture that he was able to pause along with his teammate and do one of these stupid steel celebrations that Rashford's now doing in order to have a great Instagram post later that his agent probably demands because they're all too aware that your Instagram following is nearly as important as your football ability now when it comes to getting a transfer. Whenever you've decided to stop trying um, for the employer you're currently working for, which is something that um, modern-day footballers don't have any shame in doing. But we've gone through the ever-rotting heart of football in great detail throughout the history of this show, so perhaps I should give just some time to the actual sport and Manchester United in particular. And although we are going to Wembley, there's no doubt that we've been aided by fixtures. Um, But you do need luck to win cups, and we will win the League Cup, which is a great start for Ten Hag. But Ten Hag, who's doing a good job, not a great one. I think anybody who's shocked by the fact that we lost Arsenal last weekend is reading too much Twitter and is ignoring the fact that although we have put Casemiro into a team and a position that used to be occupied by Scott McTominay, who is a championship midfielder, and although we've added Lissandro Martinez, World Cup winner, although I'm not going to be one of the people overrating his contribution to that World Cup, and we have Varane um, fit or fitter than he was last season, you still can't um, ignore the fact that people like Luke Shaw, um, who arrived at United nearly nine years ago, are still in the squad. And you have to follow the history of sport accurately and know that this guy is never going to be the Luke Shaw we all wanted him to be in 2014. Because mentally and psychologically, he doesn't have it. He doesn't like the sport enough, I don't believe. I think that was displayed when Frank Lampard told us that Luke Shaw made him retire internationally by not knowing who Tony Adams was in a conversation they had in England camp. Also, by the way, he clearly looks after himself physically. I know it's a bit of a cliche thing to do to come to Luke Shaw's weight, but the guy the guy could lose a few pounds. And people talk about his burst of speed and how he's a stocky, well-built guy in the kind of Rooney mold. No, that, that guy could drop a few fucking pounds. And he could also hold his hands up and say, I'm not a winner, and I can score goals in Euros finals and still not kick on and be consistent the season after. And I haven't strung six school games together since I broke my leg away at Eindhoven. And I'm not the guy 
who's going to be ever lifting a Premier League trophy in a Manchester United jersey. And David De Gea, although he's already done it, could also come forward and be honest with us and say, I still have the odd wonder save in me, but I'm not there anymore. Um, for some reason, in March 2018, I decided to start throwing the ball into my own net against Sevilla in the European Cup, leading to Mourinho's football edit to Durand, and in a way, the end of his time at Manchester United. I then got picked for a Spanish squad, and was the number one um, at the World Cup, and elongated Ronaldo's time at the top of world football by once again throwing the ball into my own net. And then the Spanish media turned on me, and I, I've been gone since. I have mistaken me every four weeks, minimum, and they are now so common that when they happen, we ignore them, such as my mistake against Everton, perhaps the greatest howler in Old Trafford since Massimo Taibbi, because for some reason Roy Carroll um, was allowed to pick the ball out the back of his net and pretend that nothing happened when Pedro Mendes fucking shot from the halfway line. I know Wambasaka is only in the team because Dallow's out, but he's not going to win you anything. And I still, although I don't know if he's feeding some of the Nottingham Forest defenders' cousins or what the story is, although Rashford scored another gigs, 99 goal tonight, I do question his mentality, especially when we get top four this season, which there'd be no excuse not to get because it is an, it is an extremely weak Premier League. And we're at Borussia Dortmund. Or Bayern. I need one away goal to go through. I, I don't buy that he's that guy. I'm not going to comment on Baker being up top because if I admitted to myself that we've had Igalo himself, Cavani, Falcao, I'm not going to overly slate Lukaku without a stint at United. It was okay. We got our money back and Zlatan put in a shift. But if you actually start to admit that to yourself, you'd you'd lose the will to go on. Um, there's minor improvement at United. I think we're overrating it because we got used to the standards that people like Solskjaer, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Ralph Ragnick brought to the club. And I think we're also ignoring the fact that buying players will improve you. And we've added personnel. But again, 6.5 out of 10 so far from 10 Ag. If he wins the League Cup, maybe a 7.2. But a, a top four and two domestic trophies with the addition of Casemiro and Lissandro Martinez. And although Anthony's not working a, a 100 million winger who you've managed before, that's kind of what we're expecting. But no, there's, there's not one part of me the thought for a second that we will be competing for the Football League because the squad is still littered with people who have failed in the shirt week in, week out for over half a decade. And that's not how the Premier League is won. It's won by new teams or a team that has a spine of previous winners who are then joined by a new bunch of winners. We've added winners to a pile of shit. There's one or two things I also want to deal with while I'm here. And one of them is that when the WWE staple Evolution, consisting of Batista, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, and Triple H, existed, 
somebody has recently pointed out to me that they attended an NBA game in character. They sat by the court pretending to actually be evolution in real life. So as the WWE descends into the abyss now, um, soon to be a victim of sport washing, I believe, as Vince gets ready to um, hand over the keys to some Arabs. I want to thank that organization for everything that it provided for the people who watched it and what a creative project it was. We've, of course, chatted with Eugene, who pretended to be handicapped um, and then fight as a handicapped individual um, for work on the show. And um, speaking with wrestlers is something that I'd love to do more of. And listen... I'm not one of those people who disrespects country living. I believe people from the country have a purity and sense of reality that those who were raised in an urban setting miss out on. But why the minute you pass that ball and nace do you start getting that smell of shit through the car windows? Thanks for tuning in. Rate the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, let's let's get to know each other, am I sure? It's been how many years, my oh, boy? You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need to go, just take Radio it cast. slow. Podcast. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. What's it? Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Believe my eyes. How's it make you feel? Makes me 